please. I come before you as a representative of the Intergalactic Union of Sentient Beings from all known universes and beyond. We have been observing your species for many, what you call, years. Our study is now complete. We no longer wish to have any further contact with you. We have returned your music sampler, but will no longer tolerate any further efforts on your part to venture beyond your realm. We are building a wall. It will be a beautiful, albeit invisible, electromagnetic wall that will subatomically incinerate any probes you attempt to send beyond your solar system. You're free to explore Uranus all you want, but we can't allow your kind to infiltrate the rest of the cosmos. You're not sending us your best people. You're bringing drugs. You're bringing crime. You're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. But we have no choice. Believe me. For although the rest of the galaxies all have their share of these same problems, we fear you could infect us with the one trait that is unique to Earthlings. You lie. To show there are no hard feelings, we've compiled a compendium of answers to any questions you might still have regarding anything. Good luck, and good riddance. Hey everybody, what is up? Yes, you are going to hear some crickets and some background noise because we did some painting in my house today and the paint fumes are really giving me a headache and I've also got some sinus trouble going on so I decided to haul everything outside in the final days of summer and try to record this <laughs> boy what a stupid idea that was um i'm gonna try to edit it some of it out but you know maybe not i don't think i don't think you guys are gonna care but um lobo is off this week he is doing whatever it is that dark mages do during labor day weekend in the united states of america and i was going to throw up a best of episode but lately i've been getting messages and, and emails from people here and there and twitter messages saying hey um you haven't done a found audio show in a long time so do you still have any of that stuff well the answer is yes i have a lot of that kind of stuff so i decided you know what i'll i'll put a found audio show together now if you're new to the show what found audio shows are are different pieces of old old audio that i have found around the internet that sometimes i'll splice together and put some kind of a show together with them um they're just um you know random recordings uh, sometimes they're old radio interviews or uh, just different things um a lot of the stuff i get from old archives uh, are archive.com the internet archive from the national ufo reporting center and i've got a lot of those calls like a whole lot of those calls so every once in a while i get an itch and i'll go out and i'll start digging through them when i'm bored and i'll find all of these really cool phone calls the national ufo recording center was and i think it is still around but it's not it's a different person that runs it now it was an organization that if you had a ufo encounter or something weird happened you could call in and tell your story to these people and they would record it and archive it and they kind of kept the database they were a pre-database for uf 
UFOs. Some of the uh, phone calls would be as simple as, I saw an orange light fly over the sky and this happened. Some of them are very strange and very weird. Those are the ones that I dig for. Those are the ones that I put together and the really off-the-wall stories that aren't the usual, yes, I saw a UFO. I dig for the really obscure, really strange stuff. Some of it's creepy, some of it's weird, some of it's kind of funny. So there are four calls in this show. Um, They are from the mid-70s to, I believe, let me scroll through here, da-da-da... Yeah, they they go into the mid-70s up until the late 80s. I think the last one, the latest one, I should say, goes up until 1989. So the first call that you're going to hear is an interaction with UFO-related humanoids. It's a very strange story, and it comes from the date 6-30-1976, Colorado slash Virginia. And again, all of these come from the UFO Recording Center. They all come from Internet Archive, and they're just old calls that are out there. Uh, This one is Lost in the Mountains of Colorado, an Arlington, Virginia man recounts his experience with UFOs, gypsies, and distorted time. Interviewed by Robert Gribble, he was the one that handles all of these phone calls during this period of time. So the other guy you're going to hear on the phone is Robert Gribble. He was the one that actually ran the organization. I believe he passed away a few years ago. Uh, Robert Gribble of the National UFO Reporting Center. This call is 11 minutes long and 7 seconds. Now, if you're not a UFO person, again, just listen to these. Just give them a shot and listen to what they're saying. Now, as always with these calls, these are old. They were recorded on cassette tape. I have done what I can to clean them up. If they do sound a little tinny, it's because I've done so. I've done some um, background noise reduction, and I've gone and I've altered them so that the calls come through a little bit clearer. They're they're not as bad as the usually as I do. I'm using a new recording program, and uh, this can do a lot better stuff. So I've I've gone in and I've I've cleaned the calls up as best as I could. And uh, let's jump into the uh, June 30th, 1976 call. Get a description of just exactly what happened to you up in the mountains. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, what are you, you're just a research organization? Right, this is a private research organization with uh-huh. a group of scientists and laymen studying the UFO mystery. Uh-huh. Okay, um, well, I, I just uh, noticed um, uh, some, um, when I was, uh, see, I just uh, I wandered into this uh, campsite um, so, uh, in, in the evening, and uh, I, uh, I just kind of noticed some, um, some kind of log shelters. I mean, they weren't, um, they weren't uh, big log shelters. Uh, they, I mean, they were just, uh, they were just, oh, about two or three logs laid on one another, and they were just kind of uh, made, like somebody was starting to build some sort of a cabin or something, but just got a few logs put on. There were just two of these right. structures. So what I did was I built myself a little bed in there, and was just, uh, well, was, uh, settling down to sleep, and, uh, then I kind of, this full moon came up, and, um, and I noticed uh, some uh, clouds. Um, I just, you know, woke up and was out, and uh, and there were people. Uh, you know, I, I knew there were people looking for me that night, and near um, were looking for me that day. And uh, I saw these um, saw these clouds going along the sky. Um, they were pretty. They weren't too uh, far above my head. I mean, they, they weren't too. I mean, they weren't 
too high in the sky. Um, but I just, just kind of noticed um, kind of a strange cloud formation go by. There may have been one or two of them. And then I, I kind of yelled at them, you know, for some reason. Yes. I was just, um, then I noticed some uh, uh, further up in the sky, kind of like a star, I kind of saw these, these um, they look like a couple of, um, well, they look a little bit bigger than stars, but they look like they were just a couple of them overhead there. And then, then I just didn't think any more about them. You know, I was just standing there, and then I noticed kind of over on the, over to my right um, ways, there was just seemed to be some sort of a strange light or something, maybe something landing over there. And then I, sooner, I mean, no, a little while, I just noticed these people kind of coming in, and they kind of looked, Look like uh, gypsies or Indians. I mean, they, they looked like sort of nomadic people, and they were of all ages. Yes. And uh, and they just kind of uh, they didn't didn't talk or anything. They just um, I mean they, they talked, but they I didn't, didn't hear them. And then I just kind of was sitting there observing them, and they were seemed to be making camp or something. They seemed to be putting some vehicles in these in these lots cabin places and log places and and they they just seem to keep come in like they like they've been there before and um you know it's just they were just kind of you know kind of taking over so i just kind of watched them and then i then i uh, uh talked to them tried to talk to them about something about getting me out of here and this one fellow showed me a he seemed to show me uh, some kind of a vehicle or some some strange thing that, you know, looked like, I don't know whether it would get me out of there or not, but I didn't know what to do, so I, I just went back to where I was standing. And then um, and then there seemed to be uh, two helicopters looking looking for me, I thought, that night. They seemed to be going side by side and um, looking for me. And so I kind of stood, I had this flashlight, and I stood up and, kind of the open, this is a little plateau here, some there are trees, but there is some plateau, and, and they seem to be looking for me and looking for me, and um, and uh, these people, are uh, they kind of drifted out to be around me, I mean, there seemed to be of all ages, and one of them was sleep, um, and they just seemed to be, you know, some of them were sleeping around me or something, I mean, they just kind of followed me out there. And then I, um, uh, but then, uh, you know, just as those helicopters were about to get to me, I thought, and, and see me, uh, the full moon went down, and so they just kind of discontinued uh, their search there because the full moon had gone down. Yes. And so, so then I was pretty discouraged, and I, I just went and uh, I went over by the stream, and uh, uh, this, they, they kind of came with me, and or kind of, and this older lady, she said I should sleep in these pine boughs, so I just went and slept in these, well, somewhat there are balsam boughs or whatever, and then I went to sleep, and then I uh, woke up, and there was nobody there, except I saw some horses, some horses, and they went away, I mean, they galloped away, and then I... I went in, in that campsite and there was just nobody there at all. And, uh, 
and uh, I, I just didn't check for prints or anything. Uh, uh, and then I heard some dog barking, and uh, but I just you know went left there and went uh, went up the mountain in the hopes I'd be seen that day. Those uh, vehicles that were uh, they put into these log sections, what did they look like? Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't really get a good good look at them. They seem to be. They always seem to be kind of like. Uh, they seem to be rectangular in shape. Uh, seem like they could push them in kind of a a log structure. Uh, maybe they're and. I mean, they look kind of like, and they seem to be like, I mean, they weren't canoes, but they could, but they, uh, I mean, kind of seem to be pushing them in these log structures kind of like they would canoes or something uh -huh. like, like that. And, uh, and they also seem to have some other, seem to have some possible other vehicles around, but I, I uh, I just couldn't tell. I mean, it was, it was kind of hazy. Um, at night, uh, but uh, these people, they just seem to look different, and, you know, they just, uh, I mean, they, they seem to, and they, 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 I mean, they just look like a kind of a tribe of, of people, and um, and uh, I, I was just, uh, I wasn't terrified of them because I, they look like people to me, and uh, so, I mean, I, I don't really know what to think about, I don't know whether it was something of an hallucination or whether it was actually true or not but I, you know I while I was experiencing it I, I thought that uh, what I was seeing was uh, true you know what what was really there right what well, did those vehicles appear to be uh, metallic um I think so you know I would say you know if I yes. had to guess I would say they were okay now that light that you saw that came down out of the sky and landed what did that look like well, I didn't really, oh, I mean, it was kind of a, a penetrate, I mean, it was, uh, oh, kind of a, a light, I mean, it was, um, I, I just don't remember that much about the, the light itself, uh, it, 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 you know, it looked like a fairly strong light, uh, it was a white light. And, uh, um, I just, uh, I just didn't notice it coming down that much until it seemed to be kind of down and, and, uh, I just wasn't looking that direction. Yes. Did, uh, no uh, verbal contact or communication? Well, I, 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 I was talking, but, uh, they, uh, and they seemed to understand what I was saying, or I thought they did, but they, they didn't, they seemed to talk to each other, but they didn't seem to, I didn't hear them, you know, I didn't uh, hear any sounds from them. They were uh -huh. just kind of moving around very silently. Okay, now when they were moving about the area, could you hear, actually feel, or hear them walking on the ground, snapping twigs and so forth? Oh, not particularly, no. Uh -huh. Just didn't have a feeling of it. Okay. Have you had any uh, anything strange to happen since that experience? Uh, no, no. I just uh, that was just the second night that I was lost, and then 
Maybe that was Wednesday night, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I was also out. wasn't out at that particular location, but I was out there, and I didn't, uh, I didn't experience anything like that then. And uh, you know, since then, I haven't, I haven't dreamed or dreamt or anything about it. So uh, nothing, nothing uh, like that has happened since then. I noticed uh, by the story here that the. Uh you did report it to the sheriff. Did you give him a complete rundown on that? Oh, I thought I, I thought I did. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know how. You know, you know what, what the sheriff thought about. I suppose he was a bit skeptical. Of it. Oh, sure. I was just wondering if you uh, thought to ask him if they'd had any uh, UFO reports in the area at that time. Um. No, I didn't think to ask him. Um, I also. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to know whether whether there were actually two two helicopters looking for me at that time. Yes. Uh, Wednesday night, you know, they were uh, that by the full moonlight. Whether they were going side by side, and you know, uh, so at least you know that. I mean, so uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to know that. Yeah, the call just kind of ends like that. Sorry, a lot of these do that. Anyways, you'll also have to excuse all of these really wonky sound effects that I have. Yeah, the first one was the original ringtone from the old iPhones, and all of these are just from old 1960s movies. Hey, Aquaman, why don't you go over and talk to some fish for us? With my keen aquatic senses, it shouldn't take too long. Let's go! Wow, Aquaman, thanks. We're in the middle of the desert fighting giant man-eating cactuses and your ability to speak with fish is pretty much useless. That is why you were the dumbest character on Super Friends. More dumb than the Wonder Twins and their stupid purple monkey named Gleet. Maybe that's why they replaced you with an angry biker in the new movies. Anyways, I'm <laughs> done making cultural references and comic book geekdom. We're going to move on to Topanga Canyon, California. This is from 1986. No day or month is given. And it says, two witnesses encounter a disc over their vehicle that shines down a bright light, illuminating the car and causing the vehicle to stop. Objects gave off a humming sound and a smell of burnt cinnamon. Witnesses suffered from a short time loss and weeping blisters on their skin. This is where the calls begin to take an even weirder turn because, as you know, I like to put on here strange and weird calls that are just more than UFO lights. These people are actually reporting physical encounters, nausea. To me, they sound like signs of radiation sickness, so the skeptical-minded could be, yes, this is some kind of nefarious government testing of a nuclear-powered vehicle or something along those lines. But um, yeah, give it a listen. Again, I've tried to clean it up, and I apologize for any tinniness or any strange sounds coming out of it. UFO Reporting Center. Calling from Los Angeles. Yes. I've got to make this fairly short because I've got to get back to my doctors at 2.30. Um, the FAA and the Air Force gave me this number. Yes. And I'd like to report something that happened to my girlfriend and I last night, Topanga Canyon. Okay. Would you describe it, please? And by the way, we called the Malibu police and they said that three other people had reported similar things. It's just nothing that we're imagining. Okay. Um, we were driving up Coast Highway number one, Pacific Coast Highway. Are you familiar with that area? Yes, I am. And we backtracked and went, decided to go up to Panga Canyon Road, which is a, uh, it goes pretty high up into the canyon country. 
Do you know where Topanga Canyon is? Yes. Okay. Very familiar with it. All right. Um, there's a place where Old Topanga Canyon goes to New Topanga Canyon, and it's, there's a real high ledge that goes deep, deep down. You can overlook the, the, the canyon. Okay. At any rate, <laughs> it gets weirder as it goes on. Out of nowhere appeared over our car a uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant light that was hovering about, I'd say, 50 feet uh, on top of our car. Okay. And uh, at first we thought it was a helicopter, a police helicopter or something, except that we realized that we didn't hear any sound. And we looked up and we could see clearly the defined shape of a... Uh, uh, a pie-shaped object, a saucer, I mean, I hate to you know, use that term, okay. a saucer-type object. There was a rim, we could see a rim, and then within the rim was this just one big, brilliant, brilliant light that, that kept shining on our car. Okay, was this like a beam of light? Yes. Okay, was that in the form of a beam or a cone? Um, it was a... A uh, wide cone. Okay. A wide cone. Okay. Covered, uh, oh, I'd say a good, maybe 50 feet in diameter. Okay. But it was very, very bright. At any rate, we turned the car around, and we decided to go back down the canyon, and this damn thing kept following us. It kept, at the speed we were going, at the same speed we were going, it was following us. It was, it was above our car about 50 feet, okay. I'd say. And we kept looking up, and it kept it was there. And if we would go faster, it would go faster. If we would slow down, it would slow down. And we had the distinct impression that it was pursuing us. And the only noise that I could, I felt that we could hear was uh, um, the sound that a transformer would make, like a hum, right. a high-pitched hum. Okay. Then I told my girlfriend, we better get out of here. So I accelerated the car, but you've got to be very careful on Topanga Canyon because it's a very windy, uh, uh, it's a very windy road. And uh, when I tried to accelerate the car, my engine went out. Uh, the lights went out. Everything went out. Okay. And we got out of the car thinking that we were going to run away. I'm telling you, my girlfriend was almost to the state of hysteria. In fact, later on, I, we, we went to Cedar sinai emergency room when I got home, when we got to our home here. Um, when we got out of the car, we got even a better look at it. We, we saw that it was not a helicopter. And within, I'd say, seconds, it just went straight up in the air. And as quickly as it appeared, that's how quickly it vanished. Okay. At any rate, we got back into the car, and uh, the car started, and we got down to the coast highway. We came home to Los Angeles, and my girlfriend was very, very badly shaken up. She's a nurse. I'm an accountant. Uh, we went uh, to Cedar Sinai emergency room, and uh, we had broken out on, in blisters on the backs of our hands. My girlfriend, where she was wearing a necklace, you could see the mark where the necklace was. 
I wear glasses. You can see on my face, uh, glass, the, the glass mark. And we have, uh, a, a very nauseous all night and diarrhea. Okay, now did that, was that like a bad sunburn? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's like a bad sunburn, but it's weepy. They're, oh. they're weeping blisters. Okay. And I sure didn't have it. We didn't have this when we went out. We, at any rate, we did call the Malibu police when we got home. And uh, they said that three other people had called uh, concerning uh, similar incidents that evening. In the same area? In the same area, the Canyon mm -hmm. Canyon area. Okay. There was an officer Burns that I had spoken with. Okay. And we're going to go back to the uh, doctors today at 2.30, so I can't stay too long, and I don't want to get terribly involved with the, uh, even the doctor said I should, I, I, I could report this. I don't, I'm not prone to these far out situations, sir, but it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It was really quite frightening. Okay. Now, was your girlfriend at RN? Yes, she's a registered okay. nurse. Now, what she time was, did that occur? It occurred, a, I would say, approximately at 1230 okay. in the evening. That's this morning? Yes. Mm. My girlfriend works at the Wadsworth Veterans Hospital. Okay. What was the name of that Veterans Hospital? The Wadsworth Veterans Hospital. Okay. Now, do you have any estimate of the diameter of the object? It was about 50 feet in diameter. Okay. Now, do you remember the color of that cone of light? Um, white. Okay. White with, uh, um, but there was some blue in it, blue around the edges. Okay, now when you were exposed to that uh, beam of light, did you detect any change of temperature? No, but our skin tingled. Okay. And it felt like there was a little, I don't know, electrical feeling in, in your skin. Okay. And then for a brief moment, to tell you the truth, neither of us even could remember what happened. It was almost as if we had blacked out. Did you feel that that was a very short duration? I think so. I have no way of knowing. Okay. Did you detect any unusual odors at the time? Come to think of it, yeah. Um, I would say... Like burnt cinnamon. Okay. Did you have any trouble restarting your car? Mm, at that point, I can't. To tell you the truth, I can't remember. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I think maybe a couple clicks and started. I can't remember. Okay. Have you seen any other problems with the car since you got home? No. Okay. Now, were there any other unusual physical traces uh, with you or your lady friend? No. Okay. And how long do you feel this entire uh, incident went on? I feel that it followed us for about 10 minutes. Okay. And then out of the car, maybe a minute or so. But it was when we were out of the car is when I kind of kind of lost track of what was going on for a while. Okay. Do 
other people report things like this? Well, yes, sir, they sure have. They've been reporting them for years. Now, what was the name of the doctor you were going to? Well, we went to the, the Cedar sinai emergency room, and I don't recall the oh, name okay. of the doctor. Okay. Uh, because of my job, I really don't want to get terribly uh, visible. Because when you talk to when you talk about this to people, we are going to go see a psychiatrist. Just, to, I mean, I don't. We I, we we weren't hallucinating. I didn't make this rash up. Yes. Okay. Can I get your name? Sir, I don't want to give my name. Okay. Is there any way we can get back to you if we need more information? Well, what more information would you need? I'll, I'll, I'm going to go back to the doctors. I can't call you back. It's just that my wife, my girlfriend has a uh, governmental job. And, well, right. You've got, you've got to understand, this is of such high strangeness that people tend, if it gets out, um, they tend to look at you as if you're weird or something. I understand. Okay, what we would like to do after you visit your doctor, if you feel like it, uh, we'd like to uh, hear what his diagnosis of the uh, injuries is. And what do they do with all this data? What do we do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, we compare it with other similar cases over the past years, mm -hmm. which gives us a basis for determining the reality of what is going on. Is this something that the government is doing? No. No, the, uh, this type of incident has occurred uh, off and on throughout the United States and overseas for the last 40 years. I've read about things like this, but reading it is one thing, but when you see it firsthand, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I don't know how to explain it. It can be very traumatic. And other uh, other people do call you? Oh, yes. We get, uh, we're averaging about six calls or six reports a day right now, and that's very, very quiet. We cover all of North America. Well, what is thought, what is this thought to be? Well, there's, of course, three or four different uh, theories. Uh, my own personal opinion is that uh, these are objects coming in from outer space. I've been studying the subject for 36 years. Jesus Christ. All right, moving on to the next one. This one comes from Waterloo, Iowa. This is from 1989. Again, there is no month or day given. And this one is, a young woman driving in a severe thunderstorm suddenly drives into broad daylight made by a small hole in the clouds. From this opening comes a ball of fire heading directly toward her car. Object collides with the passenger side front window and covers the car with a greenish black substance, which they later go on to describe in here is very gooey and very, um, just very viscous and hard to move around. Uh, except where the objects made contact, there is no damage to the windshield. 
Um, this one's about 10 minutes and 46 seconds long. The woman that actually had the experience actually isn't the one making the call. It's her mother that's making the call. I think this was a, uh, a, a teenager in her late teens that actually had the experience. And, you know, she has it happen. She stops at a gas station and somebody walks up and says, hey, what the hell happened to your car? And and then it goes from there. So, um, you know, see you at the uh, at the end of this one. Hi there. I live in Waterloo, Iowa, and my daughter had the most bizarre thing happen to her last night, and I was telling a friend about it, and she brought to my attention an API news item that was featured in our paper last Friday, and I thought I'd give you a call. Um, I was, I've been out of town for a couple of weeks and wasn't aware that there have been unusual sightings in Iowa, apparently, within the last couple of weeks. Um, May I take a moment and tell you what happened to my daughter? All the time you want. (laughs) It's really very scary. We had a very severe rain and thunder and lightning storm um, in central to eastern Iowa last night. My daughter was driving from the west uh, coast of Iowa to Waterloo, Iowa, which is about in the center of the state and over toward the east border. If you can hold on one moment, I'm sorry I'm at my office. Sure. Thank you. At any rate, she was driving through this very severe storm, um, and it was it was later on at night. It was probably around 9 o'clock. It was dark. She had pulled off the road about four times because it was raining so hard she couldn't see. My daughter is 19, and she is not the least bit. Um, she's very imaginative, but she is not an alarmist, okay? I just can't even tell you. If you look on an Iowa map... She was heading west on Highway 20, and um, right, well, you can see on an Iowa map where Highway, where Interstate I-35 goes right down through the center of Iowa. Okay. Okay. She was west, heading, heading east, I should say, on Highway 20, approaching I-35. She, and again, as I said, she had had to pull off the road several times. She turned onto I-35, and all of a sudden, north or south. heading toward the north. Okay. And she's only on I-35 at that point for about two miles, and then Highway 20 again veers off and goes to the east. Okay. All of a sudden, there was no rain whatsoever. The pavement was completely dry. There was no rain. She thought, wow, this is great, because she had been very nervous. She doesn't... You know, she's not a real experienced driver. As she was progressing the two miles on I-35, she saw in her headlights, and there were no cars around, there is no overpass there, there wasn't a car ahead of her or beside her or behind her, and like I say, no overpass. She saw something in the headlights that looked like a ball, she described it as, looking as though it was a ball with fire attached to the end of it, okay? It came down at an angle that I don't know degrees in a circle. It did not, it was not coming straight down. It was coming at an angle higher to lower, directly aimed at her car, which happens to be a 78, 79 Volkswagen. Okay. 
the I, I'm just so I'm just in awe to even tell you this. The thing, whatever it was, and she said, Mom, it was visible in the headlights long enough that I I saw it and I felt I knew it was going to hit the car. Hit the windshield on the driver's or on the passenger side. She said when it hit, it sounded like a gun went off. She was positive it had cracked the windshield. It did not crack the windshield, but it left. It was like it was a balloon or something approximately the size of a basketball that would have been filled with grease or oil or something because she said the moment it impacted, her whole windshield was covered with grease and oil and it immediately started pouring again to the point where she couldn't clear the windshield with the wipers. She had to hang her head out the window. She struggled to the intersection of 20 and 35 by driving on the shoulder and pulled. There's a very large truck stop there called Boondocks. She pulled in there, got out of the car, and thought, oh, my God, what is this? She thought that it must have been like a big wad of mud or something, and you know how something happens so fast and you don't even stop to think about it? She got out of her car and was going into the truck stop to call me and tell me that she was having trouble driving because it it was storming so bad. And a man who had stopped to fill up his car with gas said to her, my God, what happened to your car? She turned around and looked. The entire front hood, top sides, and windshield were covered with a greenish-black oil or grease or something, she said to the point, Mom, where you couldn't see the color of the car. The man came over to the car. He happened to be a a man with his family with him. Came over to the car and helped my daughter. He had a bottle of degreaser in his car. The point where this basketball-sized thing hit her windshield, (laughs) amazingly, that part of the windshield was perfectly clear. It wasn't grease. It wasn't anything. It was like whatever hit the windshield left an imprint, and the whole rest of the car was covered with this green, slimy stuff. The man went up and tried to help her clean it off. They used an entire bottle of degreaser that he happened to have in his trunk. Um, It's still raining. It's still storming. There was no odor whatsoever to this junk. She said, Mother, there were no planes in the air. There was no helicopter in the air. There was nothing in the air. All of a sudden, this thing appeared, and it was coming down at an angle and hit the windshield. Now, unfortunately, we didn't keep any, you know, she didn't keep any of the cleaning rags. She did get a tiny little bit of it on her shirt. Um, You know, she was just a basket case. She called me practically hysterical, you know, telling me, Mom, you're not going to believe what happened. I'm sitting in this truck stop trying to get calm enough and waiting for the rain to stop so I can drive. She had to go out and wipe the car off several times and had to wipe the whole hood of the car off because it was so greasy that she was afraid it was going to come up onto the windshield and she still wouldn't be able to see. Now, by the time she reached our home, which is about a 75-mile drive she still had, and it had been raining hard enough, 
that about the only place you can even see evidence of a film is like on the headlights. There's kind of a milky, funny-looking film, and you can tell a little bit on the windshield that it's it's just, you know, it's kind of weird. But you, there's no color left on the car. I mean, you know, no residue at all. But like I said, it was storming very badly. Have you had any reports of anything like that? Uh, I've never heard of it. I've been in this for 34 years, and I've never heard of anything like that. What time did that occur? I'm trying to think of what time she called me, and I'm going to say she must have called me at about 9.30. Okay. It had just it had just happened. I mean, she had just, like I said, she drove the two miles or whatever was left with her head hanging out the window and got to the truck stop. Where was she driving to? She was driving from Sioux City, where she had been visiting her father back home which is Waterloo. Okay. She That's was in, where you're at. Yeah. Okay. She was in my car. Okay. And looking at a map, water, or the, the place where she was at is roughly 60 miles north of Des Moines. Uh, did she wash that blouse that had the uh, material on it? No. It, no. There's a very small amount of it. I mean, there really isn't much. There's a little bit down toward the hem of the shirt, and there's a little bit on each sleeve. Don't let her wash the bus. Okay. Has she washed the car? Not through a car wash, per se. But like I said, it was raining so hard that I really feel that most of the gunk is off because I immediately went out when she got home. And it was sprinkling in Waterloo at that time. But she had driven through some rather decent rains even from that point home. Okay, but there could be some on the underside. And, and uh, of course, being a Volkswagen, it doesn't have a grill, does it? Or does it? Well, yeah, I think there's something up there. Okay, there it's a fan-cooled engine. Okay, there could be something in there, too. I've been afraid to look. I'm not kidding you. I'm a okay. wreck. Just don't, don't wash it. Don't send it through any wash or wash it yourself. Okay. Uh, I have to leave to go to Des Moines tomorrow morning to have my corporation is having a meeting. Um, I'm going to be gone with the car in Des Moines. I'm leaving tomorrow morning, and I will not be back in Waterloo until Thursday afternoon. Time you're leaving in the morning? Um, I'll have to leave here at 9 to get there in time. Okay. Do you have anyone locally that would want to come and use the swabs? Or? Okay, I'm going to get hold of the national organization right away on this, and I know that they've got people in, in your area, and maybe they can get somebody over there right away. Well, if you'd want to tell them, unfortunately, I do have this appointment, and I should right. I should have called you this morning, but a friend called this recent article to my attention, and I just now got to the paper to get the back issue and was reading it and thought, holy cow, they're talking about Des Moines, so obviously there's something strange going on around here. Now, did she notice whether this sphere moved away after it hit the car? It virtually exploded. It, 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 just, okay. it just covered the car.
Yes, the crickets are still cricketing. The cicadas are still cackling away up in the tree, as you can hear. And I don't know if that's the proper name for the term for the sounds that they make. Whatever, I'm not sure. I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes right now. This is a really bad idea, and it sucks because I've always wanted to do something like this. In all fairness, a lot of this is my fault. I'm actually messaging a person back and forth on Facebook as I record this show and do the editing and stuff, and they know who they are. But anyways... If you're still with us and you've been listening to these calls, there's a really important question here. More important than are UFOs real? More important than are we alone in the universe? More important than is Bigfoot real? Are ghosts real? Is there life after death? Is there some kind of psychic phenomena or an empathy thing where it binds all of us together and makes us some kind of global consciousness that tunes us into one another and we can feel what one another feel? or send things out or project things back. (laughs) Again, you know who you are. Really, what we should be asking ourselves. this is a really important question here is, did that woman ever make it to her meeting on time? We'll never know because there's no follow-up call. There's no nothing. The call just ends and there's no call back and no follow-up. And this happened back in the 1980s. Many of you people were just a twinkle in your mom and dad's eye, folks. Not me, I'm old. But anyways, moving along, we're going to move to the last call of the show. This one is a lengthier one. I honestly don't entirely know how long it is. I'm going to read it as it is written. It's a trucker that calls in and explains his experiences. The guy sounds genuinely broken up, and he does sound like something strange really happened to him. And it is really creepy of of a call. And I'm, I'm being serious here. It really is a really creepy call. So... I'm going to read it to you as written. Yes, I can read when I have to, uh, despite my dyslexia. Nellis Air Force Base between Salt Lake City, Utah, and Banning, California. That's a really big Air Force Base, folks. (laughs) And the date given is just 1980s. No month, no date. So, therefore, going just on this little paragraph, I'm going to assume that the phone call started sometime in 1980 and ended in 1989, which would have been right around the time that Depeche Mode was on tour for their Violator album. Um, This is, a group of small red, green, and blue lighted objects are observed by a truck driver. The objects light up the side of a mountain, no name given for what mountain it was, and then hover over his rig. Suddenly, a weird animal runs out in front of him. As he gets back in his rig, it begins to bounce around and the vehicle is taken over. Possible abduction. The guy sounds like he's losing his shit in this call. Again, if you're a skeptic, this could be acting. If you're a skeptic, that woman probably never actually had to go to a meeting. If you're a skeptic, none of this really matters to you anyways. But give this call a listen. As with the rest of them, this one is creepy as hell. And as always, I will see you for the end of the show at the other side. He knew where he was going, so I was following him. 
his trailer tires on the right rear were basically brand new. Now they blew out for no reason, both of them. So it caused him to end up staying behind while he gave me directions to go there. Well, I didn't find anything odd about that at the beginning, but it will get interesting here. Now, it, it is a, you know, it was a pretty long, it got to be a long day, but in the beginning I was fresh. I started on the way back hallucinating things. I mean, like, my mind wasn't working correctly. I mean, I, I'm a professional driver. It's never happened to me. But I, I, I would see things like dips in the road. I'd dodge them. But then right after I dodged them and realized I was in the other lane, I kind of snapped out of it. And I was good for another, you know, five miles. And then it would reoccur again. And this is all the way back from, you know, Utah, you know. As I got up to uh, Nellis Air Force Base, out there in Las Vegas, I had, pull, I had pulled over before then, but then I pulled over again. And I never, it never occurred to me what reason, why did I pull over? No. Other than that, maybe I was hallucinating things. Yeah. Maybe I was tired, and I think, well, maybe I, I, I should pull over. But it was like something possessed me to pull over. I pulled over. Didn't I got out of the truck, kind of stretched. I looked up at the stars. I looked up, uh, and I saw these two, or quite a few of them that were kind of low, and they were like flickering, um, dancing around, so so to speak. I looked, and they, I mean, they, they appeared to be no bigger than, uh, you know, they were only on the other side of the freeway. They appeared to be, uh, maybe I, I thought somebody was there with a flashlight, but then they were a glow. They weren't a beam of light. It was yeah. a glow. And uh, I had looked at them for a while, and they were moving back and forth, and they'd move all along the side of this mountain. You know, I got back in the truck. I didn't close the door of the truck. I kind of hung my arms on the side of the door and watched them because it just made me curious. I was thinking to myself, fireflies, but then there's no such thing, you know? Thinking, you know, what could they be? And then it occurred to me, maybe I see, I'm seeing a UFO. I closed the door, and then no sooner did I close that door, that light got bright, and it stopped moving. And it... it, it I got the feeling that it was staring at me. It scared me. I put the truck in gear, and I started accelerating. I don't know who I cut off on this freeway, but I took off. This thing followed me at a speed that was just unbelievable. For about five miles, and I was kind of looking out the corner of my eye, feeling that, feeling that it was staring at me. No. It kind of veered off, and... You know, then it was gone, and, you know, I thought about it, I said, God damn, I'll bet this was a UFO, I don't believe it, I've seen it, I, I've actually, going to be one of these people to report it, you know, that I, I've seen it. And then, uh, I pulled over again, curiosity killed me, you know, I pulled over again, and I looked, and I seen this light on the opposite mountain, this one was in colors, red, blue, and green. And uh, it appeared a sh shape of almost like an airplane, but 
but like I said, it wasn't that far above me, and it wasn't that big. It was maybe a three foot in diameter type of thing, or, or, or in, you know, about no no longer than three foot in length. I shut off the motor in the truck, you know, and there was some traffic, but not very much, you know. If the plane was that low, you should be able to hear the engine. I heard nothing. This thing kind of cruised on an angle over the top of my truck, went off to the mountains, went over the mountains, then came back the same direction. I never heard an engine. And it had this most awesome-looking bright laser beam. You know, not a red laser beam, just white color, you know, like a flashlight. Yeah. But very sharp, you know, a very, you know, it was a laser. It was very pinpoint, I mean. And it kind of, you know, it was about 300 yards away, and it, it just kind of grazed the side of the mountain. I mean, like it was looking for something. And uh, then it took off, and I didn't see it. And I looked over again, and I saw a lot of those lights kind of, over the air, right over the Air Force Base. And it was like a lot of action over there. I thought, well, maybe, maybe the Air Force is doing something. You know, maybe, you know, it's trying to get it out of my head. You know, why make a, a prank call to you guys, you know? But then it still was odd. It was bothering me the rest of the way. Now I still had these hallucinations, being very tired when the, there would have been no reason for me to be tired, you know? Uh, I went into a filling station and I looked over, looking over uh, Vegas. I could still see these lights. Now they're on the southern section of town, uh, western southern section, you know, in the corner there, or, you know, around yeah. the Caesar's Palace area. Yeah. Now I see these lights. And uh, I showed the guy, pointed him out to this guy at the station. I said, you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but... Them lights are moving awful weird to me. And they were kind of in a formation. This guy says, oh, it's the airplanes coming in for a landing. So I agreed with him. Just for my own well-being, I figured, well, maybe he's right. And that's a logical explanation. But uh, I, for some reason, oh, and then he. what was really odd is the gas station attendant, I told him, I saw this thing and it was like an airplane. He said, did it have green, red, and blue lights? He said, oh, that's a, a special weapon that uh, the Air Force has come out with. Very sophisticated and uh, top secret. I never even asked him why. If it's so top secret, first off, what would they be doing flying it over the 15 freeway when there's traffic around? You'd think they'd do that in some rural section of the desert, you know, right over the freeway. And how would he know about it? But it, so I pulled off out of the gas station, side of the road on my way, you know, coming back to California. I pulled over just right as I entered the freeway, I pulled over and I looked at those lights and I watched them. And they weren't in formation anymore. They kind of broke off when they'd get back in then they'd break off. Meanwhile, there was actually planes flying about in that area, but did they seem was the question. Well, I carried on down the freeway, 
and uh, hallucinating again. Pulled off off ramps that, for God knows why, I pulled off. I had no idea why I pulled off, but I pulled off. And I got right back on. Uh, in fact, I drove right through Baker, and I don't know why I got off the off ramp. Uh, I smacked the brakes once, locked up the trailer, because I thought I saw a, 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 an animal cross the road. Um, stupid things. I, I, I blacked out for, at one point, and I was in the next lane. I was in the slow lane all the time, but now I ended up in the next lane. I thought, God, who did I, you know, what is, what's happening to me? You know, I figured, well, maybe I'd go to sleep. But I, I, before the, before I even thought of that, I had pulled over several times now on the on the highway, over to the side. But then I drive right back out again. And when I got up to this one section razor uh, road overpass, it was very dark. There was no more traffic. And I, I, I had pulled over. A few cars passed me as, as I pulled over. I crawled in the sleeper. I shut off my headlights, but I left my trailer lights on and, the, you know, the dash lights included were on. Yeah. And now I jumped in the sleeper. And now I hear this short, a massive short, you know, the, you know, the, the, the popping sound of electrical cord. And, uh, I looked and, and my, my dash lights are flickering on and off. You know, I looked in my sight, and this, this still never occurred to me that, is it a UFO? You know, it's just, it's the furthest thing from my mind. And I looked in my rear view mirror, and I saw, I saw the actual sparks. I didn't see anybody there, but I saw sparks. And then I saw the, the, the trailer lights themselves look like they blew up. I mean, they look like they popped. They got so much voltage, but then they'd come back on slowly to full brightness. Then they pop again, then they come back on slowly. Then the trailer and truck started bouncing around. I mean, like I was experiencing some massive earthquake. Now, I jumped from the sleeper here again. I don't know the reason why I did this. I jumped from the sleeper into the driver's seat, started the truck, had one hand on the steering wheel, one hand on the shifter. Now, when I start the truck, I never put my foot on that gas pedal. My foot's always on the clutch. And, uh, the pedal went down on its own automatically. At the same time that happened, the trailer, oh god, getting so scared when people walk indoors now. Um, my air release on the trailer, all the air locks, the buttons got pushed in, and I watched them go in. My fans on the inside of the cooling fans, you know, you're just oscillating fans. They went on, but the switches were in the off position. But they went on. Um, I have chains that are on the back header panel, in the back of the cab. The chains were being rattled around. Well, partly probably to do with the bouncing around and all of that. Uh, then, I mean, when I jumped in the driver's seat, though, I got this strange feeling, a cold, I felt cold, like somebody stuck some electrodes to me, I had some charge that took over me, 
I put the thing in gear. I didn't do it. Whoever had control of me. This is what's so odd. I mean, I can't deal with this. I let out the clutch. I tried. I, I, I was my body. I wanted not to, but I had no choice. I wanted to steer, but it's like something had control of my body steering. Yeah. I couldn't let go of the steering wheel, and it was the truck was bouncing something so fierce. Then finally, it started taking off, and now I'm on a hill, six percent grade. I parked right at the top. This sucker's going downhill, and I've got no control over it. The thing that's going through my head is dying. And uh, I'll be damned. Airlocks came on on this son of a bitch. Trailer jackknife. Not very, you know, not such a severe jackknife, but it jackknifed bad enough right in the middle of the freeway. I looked I looked in my, my mirrors, and I saw a very bright light. I thought cars were coming. Great. Now they're going to rear in me. I'm going to die anyway. Um, then all of a sudden, like a tornado. Dirt. You know, I was on the freeway. Now, where did the dirt come from? The dirt flew up with leaves and everything in front of it. And I saw this, this bright light. Boom. It was gone before I could blink my eyes. Now I, I was able to open the truck door, which I couldn't release the steering wheel before, and I, able to, I jumped out of the truck. As I jumped out, all these cars start coming up this freeway now. Now there's massive traffic. The only thing I could think of is that all those times I pulled over must, must not have been the right time for them or something. They, they had this planned all along. It's so yeah. weird to be... It's weird to be talking like this. You'd have to experience this in order to believe me. I, 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 I'm afraid to walk outside. I won't get back in my truck. They have to come and get it. The company has to come and get it. I'm forfeiting my job. I will never drive again. I will especially never in that truck. I'm fighting to drive my own vehicle. I don't want to go pick up my car. Thing or whatever it was, had this plan from right from this morning. They followed me all this time. But once it took off, everything was okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was like a split second after that, this police car comes, highway patrol comes screeching to a skidding halt. I ran. I tried to flag people down. Uh, and trucks, people, this truck was in the middle of the road. They would have had to have slowed down, correct, to get around it safely. Because no. there's a dirt shoulder now. And on the hard shoulder, there's a dirt divider. Uh, these people, almost like they were possessed to run me over. One guy, I heard him accelerate 200 yards. He saw me flagging him down. He accelerated to go around it. I dove out of his way. Then two semis come by, and then two cars after that. And then, then the, the you know, that's when the police car had skidded to a stop. And, and he screamed and yelled at me to get in the effing truck and move it now. Or I'm going to jail, listen, man, because I could, you know, this could kill somebody. And he was in a very bad mood. 
I was in hysterics. I ran up to him for help, and I got screamed at. I didn't, you know, it's not. They didn't want explanation. They wanted the truck moved. They forced me to get back in the truck to move it to the next exit. I was frightened, frightened to death this whole way. It was five miles to the next exit. I mean, pulled the truck off. They were in front of me. I parked it and. I couldn't even open the door. I was shaking so bad. I mean, they literally had to uh, help me out. I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't tell them my name. They, they had. I, I have tried to hand them my wallet, but they got it for themselves. You know, all of this. This is this is too much. Okay. I I need help. I don't know how to deal with this. So strange. Uh, I'm frightened to go to sleep. What if they come back? What if this happens to me while I'm sleeping? Or will they harm my wife? This is just too much. Okay, now are you gonna uh, you gonna go ahead and get some sleep now? I can't. I'm afraid to. Like I said, what if they come back? I always thought of myself as a very strong person. I can take what anybody ever dished out. I can't take this. I'm so weak right now. I want to go to a hospital. I want to have a doctor look after me 24 hours a day because I'm frightened to be alone. Maybe I don't even have a choice because they made that choice for themselves. They got me alone. They tried plenty of times throughout the day and they made it clear that they were going to. This sounds so weird talking like this. I mean, it's like I don't even believe my own self. It's happened. And that's the way it's happened. It's so... God, it's too real. I wish I could believe this was just a dream. I wish I could just wake up tomorrow and this did not happen, but it did. Okay, we're going to try to get somebody in there to talk to you. It won't be until later this morning, but uh, we'll see if we can't get somebody in there to talk to you about this. Okay, uh, tonight you come to my house? Yeah, they'll call ahead of time for an appointment. I mean, I don't know how to explain this to my employer. Can this person maybe help me out with this? I mean, if they, they honestly, you know, and that's what's so hard. You have to have been there in order to believe it. People won't believe you. God. You try to get some rest. I'm sure that there, nothing else is going to happen. No. It's happened all day. That's what's worrying me. What's to say it's not going to happen again? All of the things they've been doing to me all day. The only way I could ever get any sleep is just get myself so damn drunk where I end up passing out. Well, if somebody comes out, I hope he comes out soon. Okay, we'll try to get him out there as soon as we can. Okay. They don't have to travel from Washington now. No, 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 no. There's people down there in that area. Okay. So weird. Thank you.
in, in, in the movies. You don't, you don't think of it as real or fake. You just don't know. Right. And then when something happens to, you, to somebody close to you or yourself, now you know what the people were like that are trying to explain that. Okay, we'll do all we can to help. Okay. Thanks I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that guy genuinely sounded like he was about ready to lose it. And he really did sound like he was about ready to break down and just, you know, just just like he didn't know how to deal with it. And the one thing that resonated with me through all of these calls is that these were all people or except for the case where, you know, you had the mom who we still don't know if she made it to that meeting or not. And we never will. Anyways. All of these people that called in with these stories, these were all strange stories, and they are looking for a place to go and tell their story and not be laughed at. They, you get a sense of they had nowhere else to go, especially in that time frame. Nowadays, we all take this kind of stuff for granted. You have paranormal shows all over TV. There's umpteen gazillion podcasts that cover this kind of stuff. You know, it's just something that's in the zeitgeist. Paranormal is out there. If you're listening to the show, you're into it. Keep in mind, this was in the 80s. This wasn't a thing as much back then. You probably may have had Coast to Coast around then. You had a couple of shows, but it wasn't like it is now. And with all of these people, they all wanted to call in and just tell their stories. And they weren't normal stories. They were all strange stories. So, you know, you you have this sense of, you know, this happened to me. I need to tell this. You're not going to laugh at me. Do, do other people do other people call and report this stuff? And um, if you're a listener of the show and you've heard me on other podcasts and other shows, you've heard me tell my stories, a few of my stories, and Lobo's told a few of his stories. With me, as I like to say, when you have something like this happen to you, and you're approaching it, and you're trying to see it. And again, I'm, 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 it's no secret, I'm somewhat of a skeptic. Even though weird stuff has happened to me, I still am a skeptic. And you see something like this happen, and you're trying to process, okay, is it this, is it that? Is it, is, is it moving a certain way? Is that a plane, or is it a blimp, or is it a star, or is it a falling star? Or, I, don't, I don't know. Is it, I don't know. A balloon. Who knows, you know? And then something happens, and it takes you out of that comfort zone, and there's a moment of what I like to say is a moment of disconnect where it just doesn't make sense and it doesn't follow the normal laws of the way things should be, and then that ha- something happens. And then at that point, you go through a whole range of emotions of like, okay, I don't understand this. And then when it's over with, you're like, who can I tell about this? Can I tell my friends? Can I tell my family? Who can I tell about this that isn't going to laugh at me? And then you go through a phase of, if I tell these people this stuff, are they going to believe me? Do I want these people to laugh at me and think that I'm nuts? Do I want to tell my brother or my sister, or my mom, my friends, or are they going to look at me and say, hey, you're seeing little green men. You're going off the edge or they're laughing at you or there's something. And you know that what you saw is strange and you know that you experienced something but you've got nowhere to go and nobody to tell unless you go to a ufo conference and of course they're willing to listen to you because they want you to buy their books or whatever it is that they're hawking 
So in this episode, these people that call in all had unique, strange, and bizarre stories, and some of them were on that edge of, I need somebody to talk to. I don't know what the hell just happened to me. Am I losing my mind? And um, I've kind of been there. You know, some of you people that know me personally, you know, knew me when I've seen some of these things. And as you know, I, I use the word resonance again, this resonates out to me. So um, anyways, these shows, if you guys like these shows, you know, continue to let me know and I'll continue to release them out there. I'll continue to put out found audio shows. I have a lot of this stuff. And every once in a while, as I said, I like to sit down and dig through it. And once I fall down that rabbit hole, I tend to fall into different themes. And I've got lots and lots of these stories to put up here for you guys to hear. And I promise you, I will never just put stories of, oh, I saw a light, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. I'm going to dig through this stuff and I'll find the juiciest ones, the weirdest ones, and I'll let you people hear them. And again, I found this on the Internet Archive. These uh, these are out there. People can find them if they want to dig for them themselves. It's not real hard to find, but there is a lot of this stuff. But uh, message me, email me at projectarchivist at gmail.com. I read all of your emails, even the one I got from you, Mike. Um, you know, and, and let me know if you like these stories I'll, or if you like these kind of shows, I'll gladly keep doing them. I'll, I'll gladly keep putting this stuff out there. I got to admit, though, I do feel it's a little bit like cheating where I'm just taking audio and putting it out there. and I'm not putting as much effort in putting one of these shows together, but this is stuff that people don't normally hear. So I can understand why people like it. Just let me know if you want to hear more of this stuff. I'll put it out there. And uh, I'll do it again this year. You know, maybe around Christmas time, I'll throw another bonus one out there or something like that. And it's fun to do other than just to put a best of show out there because a lot of you guys I know are OG original listeners and you've heard all of the shows. And I noticed the download numbers go down when we put the best ofs out there. So, you know, again, let me know. I'll gladly put this stuff out there. And it's fun to do and it's fun to hear this stuff. It's just as fun for me to hear it and produce it and put it out there as it is for you guys if you like listening to it to hear it. Anyways. This is Rojan. I am tired of getting eaten by mosquitoes. I'm tired of hearing crickets. And I'm tired because it's, uh... God damn, it's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, folks, uh, love you dearly. This is Rojan. Peace out.
Voices.